You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money with Brenthurst Wealth. And from Brenthurst Wealth today, I'm speaking to Johan Berger. And Johan sent me a piece that said the following. The topic is as follows. Various risks South Africans are facing. We're facing so many risks. I mean, we're talking about the budget coming up and the state of the nation address coming up. But you're focusing on other things. And the first thing, Johan, that you're focusing on is inflation versus money market returns. That's interesting because inflation is so low and money market returns are actually significantly higher, I think. Tell me more. Yeah, that's an interesting point you're making, Lindsay. Um, First of all, (laughs) good afternoon. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, inflation in South Africa, I mean, the target is roughly between 3 to 6%. In reality, that's not really the case. If you take specific aspects like medical cost in South Africa, um, a simple thing like electricity, petrol prices, if you take all those key factors, we believe that the inflation rate is closer to 10%. Now, currently, money market... 10%. Now, wait a second. That's three times the official CPI rate. Is that what you're saying? Statistics South Africa is getting it wrong for the normal basket for normal South Africans. Is that what you're saying? That's that's exactly what I'm saying. And I, I, will, I want to urge every South African to try and see what they've paid for X amount of same electricity 12 months ago. Do the same exercise, what your monthly cost in terms of being part of a medical scheme, what that cost, and also go and take the same basket of food and compare it to 12 months ago. And people will realize that the inflation rate between 3 and 6% is actually not true. Now, considering those factors... As of late, the interest rates have come down quite a bit in South Africa, which helps a lot of South Africans with a lot of debt, like household debt, car debt, all of that. The problem is the yield we are getting from our money market returns or very conservative investments currently not that high, which makes the cost of living um, even more expensive meaning that the return you're getting from your pension funds or very conservative investment is not keeping up with inflation. That's excluding tax implications from from those investments. So from this point, the risk people should consider, yes, money markets um, are a very safe investment, but all investors should consider some equity exposure. And we spoke about this so many times on the show From a South African point of view, we strongly recommend that a portion of your um, portfolio should have offshore equity exposure. So what you're saying is you have to embrace risk assets, a money market fund, for example. No, every, every asset class has a risk. But on the other hand, you have to embrace riskier assets in order to beat inflation, certainly when it comes from a South African perspective. Absolutely. So it's almost like... Not taking enough risk could be a greater risk going forward for, for most Africans. Okay, so inflation versus money market returns, that's, um, that's one thing. It has to be a portion of your portfolio, of course, a money market fund or a bond fund. You go on to the second point and you say rules within pension funds and the impact. What do you mean by that? 
Well, basically in, in South Africa or actually all over the world, but you have two two types of pension funds. One will be pre-retirement and then at retirement what will happen to those funds after retirement. Now, pre-retirement, we have a set of rules called Regulation 28, which indicates how South Africans should invest their money. And currently, we are only allowed to go up until 30% offshore exposure, which is not great from a South African point of view. Investment options are very limited. The rent over time weakens all the time. So we as South Africans actually want to have more offshore exposure. The day you retire and you transfer that pension, let's say, to a living annuity, which is a product that you redeem capital from, there's no regulation 28, and you can actually go 100% offshore. The problem is certain asset manager firms in South Africa yeah. only have the capacity to invest a portion of their total assets based on their assets offshore. So my recommendation to all investors, please make sure you use an asset management company if your risk profile allows it. And let's say you want to invest 50 or 60% or all the way up to 100% offshore to make sure that the company you invest do allow greater than 30 or 50% to invest offshore. Third point, general cost of living. We've sort of spoken about it. You've said that you, you believe that although CPI is down close to 3% within the 3 to 6% band as prescribed by the South African Reserve Bank's target. But on the other hand, do you think the real person in the streets basket is more than that? In fact, three times more than that, getting close to 10%. So how do you guard against that? Yeah, basically, the, the only thing people can do, most advisors will, will recommend um, investors to do an annual budget. Um, I believe that's something you have to do on a, almost not just on a monthly basis, but on a regular basis to, to go and sit down and say, which items in my household will be necessities and which will be luxury items. So do that budget um, and try... And, and reduce certain costs that you don't really need to incur on a regular basis. And it all boils down to, not just with COVID scenarios, the cost of living is rising rapidly. Um, mm. um, inflation obviously is going up. And, and a lot of, during these difficult times, it's very difficult for salaries to keep track not just with the inflation rate, a lot of people are losing their jobs in these difficult times. So do a constant, almost regular budget to make sure if you're still in line, because the biggest problem a lot of investors, they go into debt and especially bad debt, and the cost of those bad debts are really, really bad. Final point you make is concept of liquidity, and I don't know what you mean by that, so you're going to have to explain it to a layman like myself. Okay, so basically you get various asset classes um, or let's say asset types out in the market. Property, for example, will be one. Mm. And a lot of people place a lot of emphasis on the value of their property. And then I ask, well, that's great. I mean, a home is a very important factor, but try to sell it in this environment and to um, generate cash from that is also very difficult. So that is a 
a type of asset that will be illiquid. Um, the same replies to pension funds. Um, very difficult to, to get cash holdings from, from that particular investment if you need it. And especially during these difficult times, um, we've seen it the last 12 months where we've seen a lot of retrenchments, a lot of people losing their jobs. Um, we don't have to, let's say you don't have a job for the next five or six months, a lot of investors were faced to sell certain assets um, in order to keep their general standard of living the same, yes. um, which is not ideal. So in scenarios like that, um, we do recommend clients to make investments that will be liquid at any given time. So sometimes um, you're not going to get the full tax benefit. Yes, you're not going to get a great yield because of that, but you can still invest in great investments, full offshore exposure. In fact, any type of asset class that you would like to in a liquid investment and make sure you can redeem it at any given time to yeah. help you in very difficult circumstances. Yeah, liquidity very, very important. And when people buy houses, for example, they say to themselves, well, my house, I bought it for one million, it's now worth two million. But if you can't sell it for two million, then, there's, then what's the point if you need to redeem that money? Okay, so we've gone from liquidity to something called Bitcoin, which is incredibly liquid. Uh, because if you go to a a website over the weekend and you want to trade bitcoin you can trade it it's trading all day all day saturday all day sunday when you should be doing other things bitcoin is all over the place and it's big in the media at the moment as you quite rightly put it what is it yeah, how, do you, how, do you, how do you approach this with with a rational investor a conservative investor and client at brenthurst yeah i want to i want to start off to to say that um the one thing I think I've learned from from a young age, the only thing that remains constant is change. Mm. Um, and the point I'm trying to make is that things that were quite normal 20 years ago currently will not be normal. And let's say processes or in terms of valuations or whatever you th feel the world be in 10 or 20 times could be the new normal going forward. And Bitcoin or cryptos could be that. The problems we are facing and from a regulation point of view, um, we are bombarded and so regulated with rules and compliance so that we can't actually advise Bitcoin to any clients um, because it's not regulated. And I think the regulation part is one of the reasons why it's so um, favorable in the market at this point in time so you think people are taking sorry to interrupt you so people are taking advantage of the unregulated nature of this particular asset class uh, i that's my view yes i think that's one of the let's call it advantages of of bitcoin because of the regulation um how that will change going forward and whether it will be regulated whether that will have an impact on the price that's remain to be seen. Um, but what I would like to indicate to most investors, uh, this is not necessarily advice in terms of Bitcoin, this is more in terms of the asset class itself. Mm. Um, um, I think there is a place for cryptos going forward. If you take a big fund manager house like BlackRock, which is probably the biggest asset management house in the world, they've taken a position in 
in Bitcoin or cryptos at this point in time. Mm. Um, Elon Musk bought 1.5 billion, or Tesla bought 1.5 billion yesterday, and that's the reason why why the price went up like it did yesterday. Yeah. But all all investors, whether it's in South Africa or all over the world, cryptos are very volatile, and yes, people made a lot of money. It has to be a portion of your capital that you can take risk. You should not be concerned with that amount. It should not be day-to-day activities in terms of, I need that money to pay for certain things. So just a word of advice for all people. Yes, I feel there is a place for cryptos, but be very careful and make sure it's only a part of your total wealth that you are willing to experience volatility going forward. And you're willing to lose, just to put in 2 or 3% and say, if I lose that 2 or 3%, it's not going to affect my life. But if that 2 or 3% goes to 5 or 10% because of the rise in the value of the asset, then absolutely fine. But be willing to lose it. Is that what you're saying, Jan? I mean, absolutely. A lot of people would say, and let's say the Bitcoin lovers would say, well, 10 years ago or even 5 years ago, you should allocate 50 or 60% yes and I I think a lot of people wish they did that Mm. and the big question everybody should ask is personally how will I feel if my assets grow with 50% in a year's time Mm. and the simple question is yes absolutely everybody will love that the other way you should ask the other question how will that affect my life if I lose 50% of my total wealth? Um, That is a bigger and better question to ask, in my opinion, Um, Mm. because it remains uncertain what what will happen going forward. Well said. Johan, thanks so much for your time. That's Johan Berger from Brentos Wealth, and that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.